Welcome to episode 52 of A Politic. We are engaged in a progressive discussion of politics for people who hate politics in five to 10 minutes. We try to keep it short and to the point. We encourage people and empower them. We're attempting to promote a transformation of our society for the benefit of everyone in the society. The goal of this podcast is to encourage voter registration and voter participation in a process of reducing the conflict and division of our society. What we're hoping to do is encourage you to get informed about the issues. Society as a whole really needs each and every one of us to vote based on making informed choices and that means really looking into the issues and not being fooled by all the misinformation available in the media. Some of it is accurate and true and some of it is not. So we have to very carefully analyze the information that we use to form our opinions and to cast our votes. A politic pledges to give high quality information that is not biased toward a political party. We're going to look at various topics through the lenses of progressive principles as we are looking at significant dates in American history, American heroes, issues, policies, and programs. We want to examine these topics using real stories and real people. Again, all in relation to our progressive principles. Today, we will begin a series of conversations with Steve on how we will be able to build more consensus and agreement on the way forward. In the last election, about 74 million people voted in favor of President Trump, while about 81 million people voted for President Biden. This is a good development in that almost two-thirds of the country participated in voting for this last presidential election, and as a matter of fact, it was the highest turnout since 1900. However, the fact that President Trump continued to maintain the position that he was the victim of theft and fraud in the election of 2020 left millions of people confused about what actually happened in the election, and also millions of people were alienated from one another as to how to carry on in 2021 and beyond. Ann Applebaum had a very interesting article in the Atlantic magazine titled, Coexistence is the Only Option, where she proposed a form of radical commitment to rebuilding our common sense of what it means to be an American and how we might move forward accepting one another as we can agree on a position. President Biden has been getting a lot of press coverage on his decision-making process and his work with Congress and the American people to build a greater sense of unity in the country as we continue to move forward in this time of pandemic relief during which there are a host of economic problems. We have lost almost 500,000 people to the pandemic 
in the United States alone, and yet we have millions of people disagreeing if there really is a pandemic. So clearly much rebuilding of bridges socially needs to happen in this country. Again, the progressive principle, which is relevant in this discussion is principle three, increases civic and political engagement within a culture of respectful civil discourse. Thank you for joining us, and we are looking forward to our conversation. Welcome to episode 52 of A Politic, and I'm joined today by my friend Steve. How are you doing, Steve? Real good, Bill, and yourself? I am doing well here on a sunny day on the 2nd of February. Today we're going to discuss an article that was in The Atlantic dated January 20th of 2021 by Ann Applebaum. And the article is entitled, Coexistence is the Only Option. And in that article, she's discussing the fact that we've had two months of chaos, two months plus of chaos since the November election, and that we are severely divided, at least some people are severely divided between those that believe that Donald Trump was actually reelected and those that believe that Joseph Biden was elected and that the people who believe that Biden was elected are actually more established or grounded in the facts. In other words, 7 million more people voted for Biden than voted for Trump. So while the people who believe that Trump was actually reelected are just about 7 million votes shy on their uh, results. So anyway, Steve, as you were reading the article, I was wondering what you felt as uh, was most important about this argument that Ann Applebaum is advancing here in the article. Well, I think what Ann was trying to attempt to do is to sketch the overall view that there's a schism uh, in the United States among its people. And uh, how do we move forward in creating um, some common ground by which we can discuss between people with different perspectives uh, in a manner that kind of gets to the bottom of each perspective and to determine what is truth from falsity. And I guess what, what, what I was sensing from Anne's article is it's almost as if the American people, you know, one, half of the country speaks Chinese and the other speaks English. And if you can't find a common way in which you can translate in a manner that says, to the other person, oh, I understand now what you're saying, because if if we can't agree that two and two is four, 
then it becomes very difficult to, to carry on dialogue because each person's perspective is so grounded in their view of truth that what is common to both arguments is lost and uh, there is no way to uh, find a happy medium whereby people can at least you know, uh, have a dialogue that has the basis of some sense of understanding on both parties. And I, and I think that what she was trying to say about the culture was what the country really needs is a, some kind, when you're young, you're, mo you're more impressionable. And if there was more opportunities for young people to spend a year or two in the Peace Corps or in uh, uh, AmeriCorps, where you're immersed with all kinds of other people from all over the country and you're young and you really get a sense of, you know, I never, I never grew up around people uh, with, of different religions or different races. And now I get to work and, and live with them. And boy, they're just like me. They got the same kind of problems. You know, they're a little different, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they're, they, they struggle with trying to, you know, understand the ways of the world. And, uh, then they go back home and they go, you know, I don't have those stereotypes about people like that anymore because I, I know them personally and a lot of the things I thought before I knew people like that was bogus. And uh, those experiences then last a lifetime. Right. So she has an answer. We have no choice but to coexist. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to coexist? Well, in, in a lot of ways, I think it comes down to, again, we've had this conversation before, that in your formative years, education is the linchpin. And if we just move young people through the system and you happen to be born in an area where the tax base isn't very strong and so the quality of the school district isn't as good. I mean, you know, the quality of the education may be, may be impaired. And, um, you know, most Americans at best will have a high school degree. Uh, most Americans never go on to college. And so if high school in some respects is just, you know, move them through, get them out, and, you know, get them out into the world and they'll, they'll make it on their own. Uh, they're disadvantaged if they haven't had a really good grounding in, in at least the mechanics of how to go about in your life. Hey, I'm not quite sure that's true or false. How can I go about determining that and, and having the, 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 uh, the ability to know how to find fact from fiction? Well, and that's, that's one of her points. And she also brings up another idea drop the argument and change the subject. Try to talk about things that are more uh, within the realm of agreement. Try to build a bridge with someone before you try to discuss the really hard subjects. You know, talk about the weather or uh, family or, you know, stay away from hot button political issues. Um, and um, that that's tough sometimes, but uh, uh, everybody has to, you know, give a little in order to get some. And so um, it, it is definitely 
only a, a dialogue, but eventually people will get around to those sensitive subjects. And um, it, it becomes quite a, um, a, uh, a challenge when, you know, somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, believes in something that is absolutely bogus. And there's no way you're ever going to change their mind because then you get into the world of psychology because if people in their, their inner selves have to admit, you know, I'm wrong, that, I, that really isn't true, then you call into question your ability to say, you know, do I really know what, I, what I'm doing here? And, and most people do not want to undercut themselves in questioning their own center of gravity. I mean, it, it becomes quite unsettling when you go, gee, I'll, I believed that for so long and it's not true. It's almost like admitting that, uh, admitting you're wrong is a very difficult thing to do. Yes, that's true. Um, basically, one of the things I thought she was interested, um, she was interested in was finding some places in the rest of the world where people had been able to get along better. And she was talking about Colombia as an example. In where Northern people, Ireland. In Northern Ireland and where it was possible for people to talk about other things and eventually develop a common vocabulary. Well, uh, one of the things that I thought was was a positive historical uh, reference point is what South Africa did after apartheid. They had they established a reconciliation committee, or uh, they, the country really had an opportunity to kind of you know discuss things and interact with their history in a way to say, look, going forward, you know we've we've learned from our past experiences, and we need to you know, reinvent ourselves as a nation. And so uh, that was another example that I think she pointed out, the, the Reconciliation Committee uh, or exercise in South Africa. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that she says that when you look at the people who were interested in flooding the Capitol building with... Um, with people and they were on a mission to save America and they felt that it was patriotic to smash windows and do other things that were going to lead to destruction. They need to be able to see themselves in an America run by people that, um, that they don't like, that they have to become more tolerant of um, other people, and it's going to take a long process of really serious effort to be able to get along, to be able to recognize that we're going to be divided for a long time, and we have to really focus on what unites us more than what divides us, and that's hard. Basically, everybody goes to their their favorite 
uh, outlet of information dissemination, and because it 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 agrees with your worldview, then and then when you take a look at those platforms, they're all geared to selling commercials and products and. And if you can keep those eyeballs on that particular network, those those advertisers will go to those networks. And uh, in a, in a way, the the advertisers don't give much of a of a, a thought to. Well, gee whiz, they're spewing out stuff that we don't believe in. But boy, ten million people watch them, and 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 the competition is half that. So that's where we want to put our commercial. And so it's it's it, it, in the media silos. It's all about eyeballs and um, commerce, and um, that's another element that uh, is in the equation too. Well, clearly, effort is going to be made, needed over a long time to be able to help people uh, deal with these divisions. However, I think that as as we get the pandemic under control, as we get the economy working again, it'll be easier for people to look at uh, the concept of America and not be immediately alienated by the fact that the economy is suffering, that people are sick and dying. There will just be a generalized um, agreement that maybe things aren't so bad as they were back in 2020. Well, hopefully uh, that'll be the case, uh, but we're all going to have to work at it because it's not going to happen on its own. That's for sure. Well, that's going to be it for today. Thank you, Steve. Uh, my pleasure as always, Bill. You have a good day now. Thank you for joining us for episode 52 of A Politic. As you can see, the imperative of learning how to accept one another and get along in the midst of a pandemic crisis are long overdue. We badly need all eligible voters to get informed on the issues and then cast their vote. We can't blindly trust the media. All we can do is a lot of cross-checking on what's being told to see if the information is consistent, reliable, and valid. But you must decide how we in this country will respond to the challenge of clarifying our identity and determining our course of moving forward. Your vote will tell what our future will become. Again, I'm talking to all of you people who haven't been voting that 33 to 40% who just haven't felt like taking the time and trouble to become informed on the issues and then casting your ballot. You are the ones who will control the balance of power in the United States over the next 20 to 50 years. Good luck. Next, in episode 53, we're going to look at the life of Martin Luther King Jr. Because of his influence on our country, we will take an annual look at how this great hero has shaped our country. We look forward to seeing you.
Thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.